Hi everyone, and welcome to the Fred Pinto podcast. My goal in this video is to quickly introduce myself, let you know a little bit about what this podcast is all about. So just share a bit about my interests, my approach in launching this podcast. I mean, it's not like there's not enough podcasts or information out there. There's already way more than anyone can handle. So in this little entry, the goal is to be transparent with my themes, my approach, my intention, and let you decide if this resonates with you. And if you do choose to come along and follow this journey, I promise to always respect your time and attention and stay aligned with what I'm going to share here. I'll start briefly with my profession and what I do for a living. So I'm an intellectual property technology and business lawyer, and I run a small boutique law firm which specializes in these areas based in Montreal, Canada. Uh, practically speaking, this means that I make a living helping entrepreneurs and business owners uh, protect the fruits of their work and their creativity and build businesses so they can achieve a higher level of financial autonomy and ultimately time autonomy so they can better live out their mission in the world, whatever that mission may be. That varies super widely. For some people, it's spending more time with their families and being better parents. For others, it's a broader mission and an impact they want to have in the world through philanthropy or another business. The possibilities are really endless. Over the years, this has given me the opportunity to work really closely with some exceptionally talented and hardworking people, um, often of a scientific bent. So folks like uh, software engineers, technology developers, medical researchers, product designers, and so forth, but also a lot of people of a creative bent. So folks like musicians, music producers, film producers, computer animators, graphic designers, so on and so forth. And of course, in the mix of clients I have, there are also the pure entrepreneurs, people who just love to launch and grow businesses, whether they're tech-related, professional services, franchises, retail, the list goes on and on. Because basically everybody I work with is an entrepreneur or a business owner, they all tend to have this really strong desire for autonomy and independence. They believe they can do things in a new and valuable way, and they want to do it their way. They want to be fully in control of their time as opposed to working for somebody else. Because this need is so strong in them, they're also more comfortable taking risks than many other people. And this stems mainly from the belief they have, either in some kind of creative vision or a scientific vision, or in some vision of the type of life they want to live. And as I've gone through kind of thick and thin with these folks over the last almost 20 years, at this point my firm services about a few hundred clients a year through our Canadian and U.S. operations, I've come to realize that there's a spirit that's acted as a kind of running thread, binding us all together in a kind of a small tribe and community of entrepreneurs. What I've realized is that the same fundamental mindset and approach that I admire in artists, so in musicians and comedians, is also present in entrepreneurs, but also in thought leaders, people who study new topics or who write books covering new ground, bringing new ideas into light. And it's the spirit of exploration and novelty. They're all really excited to explore and discover new ground and believe that there's something really valuable to be discovered there. And it's so valuable that it's worth working extremely hard, pushing yourself to the edge and taking risks to get there, right? Because there'll be obstacles along the way most of the time. There'll be adversity. Sometimes there's going to be battles that need to be fought. But the quest and its rewards are so worth it that the entire journey is worthwhile. And this is the mindset of all great artists, innovators, mavericks, self-starters, outsiders, original thinkers. And I just absolutely love it. I think it's one of the best, most redeeming aspects of the human spirit. And it's often the driving force behind so much of our evolution and progress as a species. And so a big part of this podcast 
will be seeking out and engaging this kind of person and really drilling down and unlocking their mindset, their little tricks, their approach, their tools, their insights, their life stories in a fun and hopefully a useful way for people. But there's also a bigger picture element to this. When I started my career, I was in my 20s. I was young. I was brash. I was energetic. I was a bit naive. I had a lot to learn, and I loved learning about the legal system and the legal challenges that entrepreneurs face. And I was really laser-focused on being successful at those challenges. I come from a very working-class background, and this was my lifeline. I had nowhere else to go. I had gone through law school. I hated working in large corporate law firms. I needed autonomy and to do things my way as well. Um, but this was it for me. This was my only career. I had nowhere else to go. And you know, the game of law can be a full-contact sport. It's extremely competitive. It can be ruthless at times. Uh, people get really strategic and tactical in advancing their agendas. And you don't necessarily get very far in this profession if you're weak and if you don't provide a strategic edge, a tactical edge to people. And I also have a competitive side. I love a good challenge. I don't shy away from it. And so along the way, I developed a very hard-charging, win-the-battle, almost like a Mamba mentality for those of you who follow basketball. And if you enjoy battle, the legal space is a good space for you because there's plenty of battling to be had there. But over time, when you keep doing this year after year and after a decade plus, um, this approach can also narrow your focus to a limited set of goals. And you kind of get addicted to that war mode. And it can become very limiting over time. It can be very good if you're building a business, building a career, but it doesn't necessarily feed all the different parts of yourself as a full human being. Today, I'm a husband, I'm a father of two, and my practice has itself turned into a small family of sorts where I train and mentor younger lawyers to work on their craft in an ethical and effective way, hopefully. And as my life has kind of evolved, my interests have also evolved past these strictly competitive concerns, but towards a bigger picture, a broader set of concerns. And in really trying to understand what does it take not just to build a good career, but to live a good life in this fast-paced, modern, technologically complex society that we live in. Individually, of course, but also in terms of our relationships and as human tribes and communities. How do we find more health and well-being? How do we live more meaningful and exciting and inspired lives? And how can we spread the benefits of human ingenuity and creativity to more people? And so connecting these two threads, human ingenuity and creativity and the maverick mindset on one hand, and the quest to live the good life more broadly on the other is really the link that I'll be exploring throughout all of these podcast explorations. If I had to boil down my passion to one sentence, it would be harnessing human ingenuity and creativity toward living the good life today. So not in an ancient context. I love ancient wisdom, but it was designed for an ancient um, environment. But in a highly modern context, that's only going to keep changing faster and faster. Now, there's also an approach, a few basic ideas or themes that I sort of keep going back to as I make my way through these explorations. And they're things I value greatly. And there's two of them that are really more significant than the others. They're almost like two pillars that I try to build my whole perspective on. One of them I brief briefly touched on already, and that's independence. And the other is truth-seeking. So first, independence. Independence in the context of exploring ideas means having autonomy. It means having full agency. It means being fully in control of what you're doing. It's about not being too biased to the extent possible by your prior agenda. Now, 
it's impossible to be completely without bias, right? As we go through life, we develop a worldview, we develop opinions, preferences, and indeed biases. But having independence in the context of exploring ideas means that the outcome of the process isn't dictated by this prior agenda, whether that agenda is allegiance to a corporation, to a political party, even to an ideology. And that when there is a prior agenda, that agenda is transparently disclosed. That's something I really believe in as a lawyer. In my, my profession, we call this avoiding conflicts of interest. And it's meant to maintain the basic integrity of everything we do. In the case of this podcast, the sole interest, per se, will be learning from the best and most interesting entrepreneurs, artists, innovators, and thought leaders I can possibly find. And there will be no other competing agenda tainting this. I'm very fortunate that my law practice gives me the financial independence not to need um, outside sponsors or backers. And so I won't need to distort or angle my message to fit anyone else's interests. I will only be true to my own conscience and to my own learning and to my own desire to grow and share the best of what I've learned with any viewers or listeners. And with independence, of course, comes accountability. So that means that any failures, any mistakes, any blind spots are 100% my own. So autonomy and independence are really critical to me, and I strive to maintain them at all times to the best of my ability. And the second pillar to me is truth-seeking. So people hear the word truth today, and they roll their eyes. Like, the very idea of truth is naive. Like, don't you know there's no such thing as truth, right? That's the, the, the frequent um, opinion people go back to. And while I agree up to a point, right, I mean, certainly no one can achieve absolute truth, right? Certainly not individually on our own. We're just way too limited and fundamentally ignorant about too many things. I do believe there's a spirit of truth. And it's especially there in the process of truth-seeking, right? So truth, not as an absolute statement or a proposition or a stance, but truth as a process, a constantly evolving quest that plays by certain rules and generates better and better and more reliable answers as it goes. And that's something I definitely do believe in and I believe is extremely important. And to me, the process of truth-seeking starts with a negative quality, and that's having the honesty and humility to admit all the things we don't know, right? There's this gap in our knowledge. We're interested in closing the gap in some way, and so we open ourselves up to new knowledge. It shouldn't be too hard since we have so many limitations in our knowledge, but sometimes we have too much confidence in our, in our existing knowledge and our existing opinions. And a commitment to truth means doing away with this confidence, or at least large parts of it, because excess confidence is what creates blind spots and biases all over the place. Now, this, of course, is easier said than done. We need some sense of certainty as we go through life. And because of that, we sometimes start to play fast and fuzzy with the truth. But still, if we want to be high-quality truth seekers, we have to get comfortable with the idea of not knowing, with all the gaps in our knowledge, and we have to be okay admitting to our ignorance and blindness wherever it is. And it's all over the place. At least I speak personally. I mean, I find having the type of law practice I have, so focused on intellectual property, I've worked with a lot of scientists, a lot of great artists. It's gotten me used to being kind of the idiot in the room and to be surrounded by people who are a lot smarter and a lot more creative than I am pretty much on a daily basis. And that's in many ways where I developed my love of learning from these remarkable people and becoming more and more curious about their ideas, their mindsets, their tools, getting inspired by them and trying to steal a little bit of that fire and, and try to apply it in my life. A commitment to truth also implies that we seek out the available evidence and that we lay it out transparently and rationally. 
even the evidence that's against our point of view, maybe especially the evidence that's against our point of view, right? So we try to steel man alternative positions as opposed to straw manning them just to win an argument. And the reason for this is if it turns out that we are wrong about something or that we're just limited in a conclusion or, or a presentation of our knowledge as we are bound to be, then at least we can be wrong in plain sight, right? We're not trying to protect our egos. We want the truth to come out. <laughs> and so eventually we can get corrected either by ourselves at a future point in time, but if not by ourselves, then at least by somebody else in the truth-seeking community. So truth is never a perfect proclamation or position. In fact, when there is a perfect proclamation or position that extends too broadly, it's usually filled with untruth. It's always a process of exploration, testing, and a lot of correcting along the way. And in this process, there's a notion of humility. There's also a notion of transparency. And there's definitely um, applying reason and critical thinking to ideas. And there's also sometimes courage in calling out untruth. So there's all these different qualities that are embedded in what I call the spirit of truth-seeking. Truth so these are the two pillars that I sort of try to live by, um, independence and truth-seeking. It's not necessarily easy. There's a lot of demands when you engage in a process like this, but I personally find it uh, extremely rewarding and generative of quality insights that can ultimately help us improve our lives. So just a little bit of housekeeping around the podcast. Um, my long-form videos will always be timestamped with the topics each section covers for ease of reference, almost like chapters. So you can sort of zoom into the chapter that you're interested in. And I'll also include uh, links and studies to all of the topics that my guests and I are referring to in the talks. So hopefully uh, these videos and the articles I share can serve as a kind of jumping off point for your own explorations. So again, the goal is just for all of us to be part of better conversations around what it takes to live the good life today based on the best in human ingenuity and creativity. The full archive of the podcast will always be available at fredpinto.com forward slash podcast. And for those of you who want it delivered to their inbox, you can sign up to my Substack called Guerrilla Wisdom. There's a link to it in the description to this video. So again, welcome. I hope this was useful in helping you decide if you're curious or interested in what this podcast is all about. And if you are, my hope is that you'll enjoy these explorations and that they'll help you upgrade your own learning, your own mindset, your own life practices, regardless of your religion, your political positions, your gender, your professional status. None of that stuff matters to me. None of the culture war stuff is very central to me or very meaningful to me. In the end, for me, it's always about people helping people to the best of their ability so we can better confront our challenges together and build better more meaningful lives and stronger communities and tribes along the way. So welcome to the Fred Pinto podcast.